Littleton Coin Company is ringing in the holiday season with daily deals. Visit littletoncoin.com for at least 15% off select products now through November 28th. Save on your favorite coins, such as Morgan Silver Dollars, Kennedy Half Dollars, Commemorative Quarters, and much more. But hurry, each day offers a new deal you don't want to miss. Visit us now at littletoncoin.com. That's littletoncoin.com. Littleton Coin Company, serving collectors since 1945. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Sides were taking over. Huh. Lift your mouth, let's make our confession of faith. Let's say it like a big arm, and we're already unified. Let's say it together, church. Because I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet in Jesus' name. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians, that's a New Testament book. It's actually a letter Paul wrote to a Philippian who used to be the guy that locked him up. And when Paul and Silas had prayed, you remember that? They prayed at midnight. When they prayed at midnight, the Bible says they, they began to sing and to pray. And then the Bible says that there was an earthquake. The earthquake began to shake everything. And when things began to shake, the, all the prisoners were set free. That jailer got saved that night. He goes on to start a church in Philippi. So the Philippian church was started by somebody that was giving Paul trouble. Well, let me say it to you like this. What's, what's your trouble now might be your testimony tomorrow. You ought to look at somebody and say, it may be trouble now, but it'll be a testimony tomorrow. That's this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Watch what Paul says. And my God. Now, now, this is interesting because isn't he all of our God? Yes, but why would Paul distinguish it right here and say, my God? It's because the previous verses we're going to look at at the end of the message, we'll find out why he says, my God. He says, and my God shall supply. How much do you need? How much do you need? Anybody got needs? Who supplies them? Not your job. Not a spouse. Got it? Not, not your investment strategy. Not your 401k. Not your business acumen. Not your erudite education that you acquired through many years of scholastic endeavor. Who supplies them? God. According to what? His riches. Now, just in case you don't know, Everything that is, he made. So if riches were made, that means they're his because he made them, which means God is loaded. How do we know he's loaded, Bishop? He made the load. And my God shall supply how much? 
Now, now, listen, but, but now this is, catch the verse. According to his riches in glory. Glory means goodness. So his, he says, not only am I loaded, but I'm good too. In other words, God says, I'll be good to you. Stop neighbor half high. Say he's going to be good to you. Wrong neighbor. Try the other one. Say he'll be good to you. I like them. Stick with them the rest of the experience tonight. And my God, I like both of them. Just joking. Shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, watch this. Somebody say, how though? Because notice he said, my God. So he's distinguishing the relationship that he has with God from the relationship other people have with God. Because he didn't say our God, he said my God. Well, let's go on a journey to figure out why he said my God. Father, customize, tell to make this work for us, your people, that we would move and walk in everything that you overtake. Over these next few moments, I pray that you give me the grace to deliver the word to your people tonight, both here at the Aurora campus and all of our six digital campuses, that we would be skilled like a spider tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody sit. I'm going to go deeper tonight in skill like a spider part two. So slap your neighbor, high five, say you're skilled like a spider. You can be seated. We're in week six of our series called The Animal Kingdom, which is zoology, theology, and muology. This series meets at the intersection of the spiritual meaning of animals from the Bible, Jesus, and you. So Sunday's animal, you remember what it was? It was a spider. Remember what it was? Now, there's only three verses in the Bible we learned on Sunday that directly mention the word spider. And this one uh, that we're going to look at in Proverbs, uh, which is the book of wisdom, says much more than meets the eye. Now, I'm going to connect Philippians and Proverbs together for you in just a moment. Somebody say they're about to connect. So I gave you three points on Sunday. I want to revisit two and go deeper. The reason I want to go deeper tonight is because I want you to walk away with a very detailed understanding. Whatever you understand, watch this, you'll be able to stand under. What happens oftentimes as people is that we don't get a full understanding, and so we leave with a lack of clarity, and we leave with ambiguity. And whenever we've got a lack of clarity or ambiguity, we're not able to stand under what we do not understand. So it's important that as we dive deeper tonight that you understand so that when the storm comes, you'll be able to stand under what you understand. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm going to stand under this. Watch this. So here it is. I gave you two points. The first on some, or three, I'm going to go over two again tonight and go deeper. Spiders are small in size, but big in skill. Say small in size, big in skill. We looked at this, Proverbs 30 and 24. There are four things which are little on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. Y'all remember I had my buddy hanging out with me. He's since been returned to where he belongs, but I had my tarantula buddy just because I didn't want him getting no ideas like he could stay. Because they'll take over. So I didn't want him to get any ideas that he could stay. So I said, you got to go back on Sunday. Goodbye. Get out of here. You got to go. Love don't live here for you no more. You were a prop. That's all this was. You were a prop. That's all this was. There was nothing more. I didn't love you. You were a prop. That was all. You were just in here for the worship experience. Proverbs 30, 24. There are four things on the earth, uh, which are little on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. Verse 28. The spider skillfully grasped with his hands, and it is in king's palaces. Now, on Sunday, we learned that that word, that phrase, skillfully grasped, means to take over and handle well. And one of the things we'll notice about spiders is that spiders, wherever they find themselves, they will take it over and handle it well. Now, I don't care if a spider finds itself outside, inside, in your closet, in your shoe, uh, in a bag somewhere, in the basement somewhere, in the attic somewhere, uh, or on my stairs walking up to my office. I don't care where you uh, put a spider. A spider will find the way to take over. Here's what I love about the spider is a spider takes nothing and turns it into a house. 
It takes nothing and turns it into something. Isn't it amazing that it can get on a piece of concrete yet find a corner in that concrete and put a piece of silk over here and put a piece of silk over here and say, I'm going to make this whole corner mine. I got the corner sewed up. Y'all not saying nothing. It means that it takes over and handles well. That's why the scripture calls this a wise animal because it does not matter what environment you place it in, it will find a way to take over and handle well. I want to tell you tonight, there's something to be said for why the Bible calls the spider skillful. Because no matter where it finds itself, it'll take it over and handle it well. And that's what you got to do in life now. Rather than complaining about the hand you've been dealt, you got to be like a spider and take it over and play it well. I know that you thought you'd have this help, but you don't have that help. Take the help you do have and play it well. I know you thought you'd have somebody on your co in your corner that's no longer in your corner. But baby, you better learn how to hold up the corner by yourself. Wherever you find yourself, take it over and handle it well. You might be in a painful situation. Take it over and handle it well. You might be dealing with discouragement. Take it over and handle well. You got to get to the point in your life where you stop waiting on perfect conditions and you'll say, if it's raining, watch me dance. If it's sunny, watch me dance. If it's snowing, watch me dance. If it's a good day, watch me praise him. If it's a bad day, watch me praise him. Where are the folk at it Wednesday night that'll say, I don't care what you put me in. Watch me take it over and handle it well. Say, I'm skilled like a spider. But then the next part of the verse is what, what, what we, uh, where we got into a level of complexity and profundity in the verse because it says the spy, spider skillfully grasps with its hands. And here's the problem. Spiders don't have hands, church. They have what? Legs. But hands is used in this verse because this verse is really saying more than it says. This is why I love the Bible. I pray you fall in love with the word. Say, I'm falling in love with the word. Because what's amazing about it is you can read it one day and be like, hmm. You can read the same thing the next day and be like, whoa. And then you can come to church and then hear it broken down a whole nother one and be like, for real? Because the word is alive. It's living. Which means every time I look at it, watch this. It's not that it's changed, but it's changing me. So because oh, I feel like preaching it here tonight. And so because it's changing me, every time I look at it, I see something different because my perspective different. Three days ago, I was a little bit more immature. I was a little bit underdeveloped. I was a little bit under-evolved. But in three days, I've had some maturity. So I can look at the same verse on Sunday and look at the same verse on Wednesday, and it's saying something different to me. Not because it's changing, but it's changing me. Somebody holler, I love the word. So it says hands here, not legs, because hands is designed to communicate that it's not actually talking about the anatomy of the spider. What it's communicating here, the uh, Hebrew word hands there is actually this phrase that means to acquire because of its offering. So then watch this. The writer of Proverbs is teaching us that the spider's skill is that it gives an offering. You hear church? Now, what offering, we learned this in Sunday, I'm doing some review, we're going to go deeper. What offering does the spider give? Well, we learned on Sunday that it's spinnerets, it's got two little spinnerets on the base of its abdomen. Uh, they produce its offering. Its offering is literally its silk. And what I love about the imagery is how it applies to us. Because silk in the spider, I just thought that it was just like silk, like raveled up inside the abdomen of the spider. So like, that's what that thing is in the back, it's silk. No, you thought the same thing. Don't, don't look at me like that. You thought like all of that in the back. You were like all that junk in the spider's trunk is silk. But really, but really there was more. There was, there was something else going on. It's actually because I killed the spider in my office today. He was hiding out trying to take over the corner. I was like, you got a takeover spirit. I like him now. Now when I see him, I'm like, hey, now you're about to die. 
but I have an appreciation for you I didn't have before. I'm about to kill you, but I just want you to know that it's been great learning about you. And so, and so have you ever noticed when you, when you, when you kill a spider, if you don't use the air freshener ministry or the vacuum ministry, if you just use the regular old, you know, shoe ministry, you know, then you'll notice juice comes out. Well, what's the juice? The silk. You missed it. And that silk in the spider is liquid. And what I love about the imagery, because remember, it's zoology, uology, theology. So the spider is really communicating an image. The liquid that is the silk in the spider is the same thing we call money that we can access. If you can touch it, it's called liquid. So they'll say, how much do you have liquid? That means how much do you have over at the bank right now that you can say, I'm going to need to hold all of that today. That's what you have liquid. So the spider, watch this, takes what's liquid and then its spinnerets begin to, as that liquid is emitted, they'll show you a quick picture. As that liquid is emitted, it begins to, okay, take it down because somebody got scared. Take it down. Okay, I I heard your fear. So he's going to take it down. I don't need you getting scared in church. (laughs) All right. So watch this. So what happens is I thought when I was researching this that the silk would turn solid once it came out of the spider. Not so. The silk only becomes solid as the spider begins to stretch it. Catch the imagery. As it stretches its liquid, the offering makes a web. As you stretch your finances to put God first, it's creating a web. Be a good church. Now, this silk produces a web, and a spider's web, watch this, is way bigger than the spider itself. I've looked at some webs and been like, that spider's huge. To only look at the actual, to only look at the actual uh, spider and be like, that's it? That little thing did all of that. That's the same way your giving works. You may think it's this little thing. But it's creating this huge web. And I showed you on Sunday. Look at this first image. I showed you this on Sunday. The spider creates a web. And then from that web, look at what happens here. That little spider, you see him up in the right? He makes a web that catches this bird. Spiders don't fly. They crawl. But when it creates its web, its web is now catching things way bigger than it. That's how it works with your giving. Are you catching this church? Are you tracking? Are you sticking with me? Watch this. Now, 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 the silk produces a web, and a spider's web is way bigger than the spider itself, and it catches what the spider needs to live. In fact, the web gets way more than the spider could by itself, and that's what your giving does for you. Whatever is currently out of your reach, your faithful giving puts it in your reach. So let me tell you how it is you're going to make up for the time you've wasted in the past. You're giving, y'all not catching them. Let me tell you how you're going to make up for not having the education they say you need to get the job. You're giving. Let me tell you how you're going to make up for not knowing who's who and what's what. You're giving. See, your giving activates something called favor. And see, money might be able to buy you a doctor, but favor will get you help. Money may buy you a lawyer, but favor will get you justice. Are you here, church? Now, so, so look at the second image. The second image. I showed you where it caught this bird. Now, the second image, look at this. It, look at the web. You see the web? See the snake? Now, where's the spider? He's not there. Because its web is working whenever it's not there. You can either work smart or hard. When you're a faithful giver, you're working smart. Because it'll be catching stuff for you while you're asleep. You could be on vacation and your web is catching stuff for you. 
You can be sleep and it's catching stuff for you. You can be going through a valley, but your web was up on the mountain catching some stuff for you. Somebody holler my web's catching something for me. That's why Luke 6.38 says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will it be put into your bosom for the same measure you use? It will be measured back to you. So check this out. There's this very scriptural principle about giving and faithful giving at that. Say faithful giving. What if the spider started making the web but stopped making the web because the web wasn't looking the way it wanted to look? Watch this. It doesn't eat. It can only eat what's caught in its web. But so what are you trying to say? What happens for many people is that when you start talking about giving is we start good. We start fired up. The web starts getting in motion. Then we stop. And then you wonder why you have to work so hard to get everything. And things won't just come to you. They cannot come to you because you don't have a web to catch them. But I think your neighbor tonight said, I'm building me a web from this place. I'm, I'm building me a web. Anybody say, me too, Bishop. I'm building me a web. See, when you build a web, it'll chase you. Opportunity will chase you. People will meet you at the store and say, I don't even know you, but I'm supposed to buy all your groceries. I don't even know you. I'm supposed to do this for you. Why? I've got a web that I've been building. So catch the imagery. The spider, the Bible says, it acquires with its offering. Got it? So the imagery for you and I is that the web the spider creates is just what our giving does for us, is it's catching stuff for us. So watch this. Uh, it may be small in size, but big in skill. Now, I know what somebody said in their head. Same thing Sunday. I want to deal with it. Here's another preacher talking about money. First off, yes. Somebody say yes. Because I read your prayer requests, number one, and pray over them. I know you've been praying for some financial breakthrough. Anybody been praying for some financial breakthrough, for some increase, for some, anybody just wouldn't mind some increase and you've been just, okay, I ain't really been praying for anybody, anybody you wouldn't mind. Be like, Lord, you can just give it to me. I'll take it, Father. That's okay. I mean, if you got to give it to somebody, fine, I'll take the check. Cut the check. All right, well, okay. Now, now, first off, the Bible says money answers everything. But it isn't everything. Ecclesiastes 10, 19. I'm talking slow. We're going to go to third gear real fast. Ecclesiastes 10, 19. It says, but money answers everything. So money is a tool. Okay, say it's a tool. So come on, talk to me, church. Say it's a tool. Okay, so money, here's how, we were, here's how culture teaches us to live. We need to chase money. I'm chasing the dollar. I'm stacking my paper. I'm doing this. I'm doing that, doing all that. I got my mind on my money, money on my mind, then, 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 that. Okay, that's out of order. That's out of order. Somebody said that's out of order. See, money is a tool. Money is a resource, not your source. If money answers everything, though, then who would possibly want Christians not to have anything? The enemy. Why? Because if Christians are poor and consequently the church in lack, then we can't answer anything. Do you understand that? So, okay, so get this out of your mind that you're supposed to struggle. Get this out of your mind that you're supposed to be broke. Get this out of your mind that you're supposed to live from paycheck to paycheck. Somebody say, not me, not me, not me. Secondly, there's over 2,300 verses about money, more than prayer, faith, heaven, or hell combined. So to think that talking about money in church is wrong isn't being skilled like a spider. So we dealt with it head on on Sunday. And I said this, and then I want to go deeper. Sometimes people are suspect of the pastor's motive. So as your pastor, I made this clear on Sunday. I want to always make this clear so you hear my heart and you understand where I stand. My motive is I don't want anybody in our church in lack. Amen, church. 
Number two, at Harvest, your faithful giving is changing lives. And when you stand in front of God, he's going to read you the list of lives that were changed because of your faithful giving because you chose to be skilled like a spider. Think about that. He's not going to say, look at how much you saved. Woo, good job. He's not going to say, look at all what's in your 401k and your IRA. You know what he's going to say? Sheila Jones. I'm making up names. If that's you, just go with it. Sheila Jones. Bobby Brown. Mike Tyson, Oprah Winfrey, Steve Jobs. Amen. You don't know who be watching online. Michael Jordan. I'm just gonna call him in. Come on, let's go in. Let's just call him on in, y'all. Since we had it, let's just call. Let's just go on and just have a little church right there and call him on in. And you're gonna be like, Lord, what are all those names? He's gonna say, Oh, those are people you never met, but you're giving empowered your church to change their life. And you're going to have people walking over to you saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Then you'll be like, what are you thanking me for? But keep doing it though. But what are you thanking me for? They're going to say, because it was your giving that empowered your church to meet me at the Denver International Festival and give my life to Jesus. It was your giving that empowered your church to get the equipment necessary to be able to stream this to six digital campuses and all of that. Think about that. You're going to meet people that you've never, ever seen that are going to say thank you. Got it? So, somebody say, I'm skilled like a spider. All right, the second point I gave you, now I want to go deeper. Y'all ready to go to third gear? Say, faithful giving is how we make our living. So we asked this question on Sunday. What is the skill that makes this spider one of the four small but wise animals? Why does Proverbs call them skill? Through its giving, here it is, it makes its living. Or we could say it this way, it gives you an order to live. You got the imagery, right? The spider, the Bible says, through its skillfully grafts through its hands. Well, it doesn't have hands because it's communicating that the spider gives an offering. The offering is its silk. Its silk starts as liquid and then when it's stretched it turns solid and then through that silk he makes a web and that web is how he catches everything that he needs to live so it's the same imagery for us. Our giving is forming a web that's catching everything we need. See, you don't have to chase money when you're a faithful giver. It chases you. You don't have to chase opportunity when you're a faithful giver. It chases you. People will track you down and say, I've been trying to find you. I've been trying to reach you to do what? I got something I want to give you. I got something I want to bless you with. I have a job I want to give to you. I've got a door I want to open for you. And somebody will say, how did you do that? My giving did that. How did you get that breakthrough? My giving did that. How did you get that house? My giving did that. How did you get that car? My giving did that. How did you get that peace? My giving did that. How to get that joy? My giving. Got it? So here's how we should give. We learned this on Sunday. We should give faithfully. Somebody say faithfully. Now, the opposite of faithful giving is casual giving. And casual givers, watch this, everything always falls through for casual givers. Have you ever looked at certain things in your life and be like, why, what, what's, why certain things always fall through? Could it be that your web's not strong enough to hold the size of the life you say you want to have? Got it? Over and over in the Bible, you'd see God uh, in a variety of different forms that he would require people to give these significant offerings, animal sacrifice. Think about it. Well, who's been raising the animal? Somebody had to raise the animal in order to sacrifice the animal, which meant it was more than just an animal that they went and picked up from Kroger. They didn't go to the local Piggly Wiggly and pick up a lamb. 
You got it? Like, Let me go to aisle five. Got a lamb? Sacrifice today. Somebody had to raise that lamb. Somebody had to love that lamb. And now you have to sacrifice that lamb. That's why the Bible says that you cannot love money. It's the love of money that's the roots of all kinds of evil. Why? Because he's saying you're going to grow so attached to it. When it's time for you to give it up, you might look at it as a negative because you love it. Rather than thinking about building your web, you'll think, let me just get some more J's. Now, for millennials, they know, Jordans, everybody else, everybody else, okay? All my Gen Xers, baby boomers, everybody else, okay? J's is, is a urban colloquialism, not even Southern. We don't say it in South. It's a Southern colloquialism that means Jordan tennis shoes. Michael Jordan tennis shoes, Nikes. You got it, church? Okay, so tomorrow at work, when, when, the, when the cool guy tries to come up to you and be like, oh, I got my J's on because it's getting ready to be Friday. I got my J's on. You can be like, oh, okay, you're Jordans. You bust his little bubble. You got it? Okay, there we go. All right. <laughs> you should smile at your neighbor. Say, have fun in church. All right, so we should give faithfully, all right? And then here's what we should give. We learned this on Sunday, Nehemiah 12, 44, four ways we give as Christians. What's the first one? Tie, second, offering, third, first fruit, fourth, love offering. Now, tithes first gross 10% of every dollar earned or received, and this includes everything. Child support money, income money, tax refund money, unemployment money, gift card money. I know some of y'all thought you got some off-tithe money. You were like, I got it all in gift cards. <laughs> unemployment, babysitting money, everything. Everything gets tithed off of. What gets tithed off of? Everything. And here's the thing about the tithe. It actually is God's. It's, it's not yours, actually. Leviticus 27 says the tithe belongs to the Lord. It's holy, which means it's not actually yours. So you're not a giver unless you do more than tithe. If you're a tither, that's the baseline. Giving is above your tithes. Got it? Everybody got that, church? All right, the tithe combines with offerings. Malachi 3 teaches us, opens up the windows of heaven and rebukes or stops the devourer and pours you out blessing or empowerment to prosper, not necessarily just finances itself. So we learned on Sunday, it could be an idea, an opportunity, an invention, favor, wisdom, the right connections. And the Bible says it rebukes the devourer, which practically could be stopping you from making a bad financial decision, avoiding a car accident by going in another way, not getting in a relationship with somebody that would drain you, stopping identity theft. You got it? When you're a faithful giver, it doesn't mean you're not going to confront challenges, but it means you have a web up. Got it? Say, I have a web up. Okay. Which means when you do face challenges, it's okay because my web will catch it another way. Does that make sense? So when you're a faithful giver, any faithful givers in the house, and if you're not, you're going to start tonight. Don't you ever worry, oh, my God, how am I going to pay this bill? You have a web up. It's quiet. It got quiet right there. Oh, my God. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. Got your web up. Come on, Charlotte. Look at the web. Say, I have a web up. And that web is catching favor. That's preferential treatment. That web is catching grace. That web is catching goodness. That web is catching mercy. That web is catching opportunity. That web is catching stuff for you you'd never be able to catch for yourself. Go back to the image of the bird. The spider would never be able to catch the bird. I don't care. Watch this. How many times it sent its resume? Talking about I'm very good at eating bird. I'm the best bird eater you've ever met. Okay, I, I, no, catch the point. I know you're like, Bishop, that's crazy. I know. 
because I want you to see yourself like the spider. You're working so hard to do stuff that your giving would do for you. I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard. No, you should work hard. I'm just saying there's certain things you'll never be able to catch unless you've got a web up that can catch something way bigger than you. I tell you to slap your neighbor a high five and say my web's catching stuff that's bigger than me. So how are you going to get that big opportunity? Your web's catching it. How do I know somebody's going to give us a building? Our web. That's how I know it. You're going to give it to me because I got a web up. How do you know you're gonna get a great deal at the car dealership? You have a web up. So you just walk in there like a spider. And they're gonna say, ma'am, sir, boom, 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 look here. I know all that. I'm a faithful giver. Run it again. Well, listen, it ain't gonna be no move out the way. Are you in charge? Go run it again. Well, sir, I don't know how to explain what just happened, but when I ran it again, something, not only you're approved, but we've got you for the best percentage that we could ever give anybody. And somebody asked you, how did you do it? It's because my giving built up web. Slap your neighbor, high five, say, I expect favor. So I want to show you the tithe offering first and love offering, first fruit and love offering. I want to show you those in action and then we're done, all right? I want to show you these in scripture and I want to give you lots of little, lots of, people say nuggets. Um, I'm not a fan of nuggets. Like, where is that on the chicken? <laughs> I'm loving it. Okay, that's it. Uh, so let's go to the tithe. All right, so I'm going to give you lots of principles. How about that? Genesis 14, 18. We're going to start with the tithe, offering, first fruit, love offering. Now, you're probably going to shout a lot over the next few moments. I'm talking because I want you to understand it so you can what? Stand under it. Okay, so like, Bishop, 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 I'm going to preach real fast and go real fast. I promise you I will get there in just a moment. We're going to shout real good in just a moment. But I want to talk it to you so you get it. All right, Genesis 14, 18. Genesis, Genesis. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Verse 20. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies to your hand. Read the last part. Who did he give it to? He gave it to Melchizedek. Melchizedek was actually an early form of Jesus before we called him Jesus. He, Melchizedek is a joint Hebrew word. It means king and priest. Notice he was king of Salem and the high priest of God most high. So he was both a king and a priest. Abram, who later becomes Abraham, uh, he tithes now and gives up the first 10% of everything that he had. Now, I want you to see this. Let's go up to Genesis 14 and 1. Genesis 14 and 1. So you can see what his tithing uh, did for him. Actually, Genesis 15 and 1. Let's go to Genesis 15 and 1. All right, read that, church. Say, so he is my reward. So when you're a tither, notice this. Notice the connection. He says, don't have any fear, Abraham. I'm your shield and your reward. Got it? Well, what makes him that? My tithe. Then the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, don't you be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield, your exceeding great reward. Go to verse 2. Go to verse 2. 
But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Saying, I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Now watch this. He's a tither, but he still has a what? Need. And his need has nothing to do with money. Oh, come on, be a good church. Come on, be a good church. Are you here, church? All right, keep, uh, uh, keep reading. Come on, keep reading. Go. Verse 3. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Next verse. One more verse. Look at me, church. He's a tither, but he still has another area of his life where there's a need. He says, I don't have my own son. Got it? And so what does the scripture say? He says, Lord, I've done this, but I got this area that there's some lack. Well, what does the scripture say? The scripture teaches us that through his faithful giving, the Lord not only hears his prayer, but then now provides for him what he really wanted. Now, I want you to see this. Say it's bigger than money. See, you think it's just about money. It's bigger than money. God says, no, when you give, I know I have your heart. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Wherever your money is, that's where your mind is. This is bigger, Abram, than just money. Let me prove it to you. Genesis 13, 1. Just so you can see this. Actually, Genesis 13, 2. I just want you to see this. Say, my tithing is bigger than money. It's about trust. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? That's what the Joker asked in Batman 1. He said, who do you trust? That's what he asked. Read your Bible, church. Abraham, read it. So he had money. But there was something he wanted more than money. And it was his tithe that unlocked what he wanted more than money. And I just believe that if you'll believe the word of God tonight, there's something greater than money that you want and your tithing will unlock it because it's not about the money. It's about your trust. It's about your heart. Do you believe him or do you not? Is he God or is he not? Is he king or is he not? Is he savior or is he not? You got it? That's the tithe. It will access the thing you really want. And go snatch it up for you. Why? I'm building a well. Offering. Here it is. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. We looked at this on Sunday. We're going to move quickly because I'm over time. But I'm going to count that to your time before I let singing moves go. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly. Now, if he's talking about sowing, is he talking about tithing? No. How do we know? The tithe belongs to God. So we pay the tithe, we sow the offering. Say it with me, church. We pay the tithe, we sow the offering. All right? So 
right here we know he's not talking about tithing here. And these were things that were understood by them culturally. So let's read it together. Let's put you to work. One, two, ready, read. Okay, watch this. So how many of you, you want to see God do some stuff that costs uh, a, a, a few tens of dollars? Okay. How many of you said, Bishop, I got some stuff that costs hundreds of dollars I want to do? Thousand dollars? Tens of thousands? Hundreds of thousands? Millions? Well, he just told you how to get it. No, you missed it. You missed it. You missed it. How many of you got some stuff? Let's do it again. How many of you got some stuff? Internet campus, you getting this too? Apple TV, I see you getting this too. How many people, you got stuff that in your life that, that's going to cost hundreds of dollars to get done? Okay. Right. Thousands? Tens of thousands? Hundreds of thousands? Millions? Let me see where my Josephs are. Billions of dollars! All right. Well, how are you going to get it? But this I say to you. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I mean, did you read it? Was it in your Bible before you got here? Next verse. Because I know somebody's saying, oh, no, Bishop, he's not talking about money. Let me watch him make it super clear. So let each one give us the purposes in his heart. So you have to make your mind up. So you got to make your mind up to be a giver. Think about it. When you spend your money on somebody that you're close to, relative, family member, romantic kind of thing, it, it really, it's, it, you spending your money is really an expression of your love. Got it? So you may spit, you know, you know, you may spit, you may spend it, and then if they don't treat it the way you want them to treat it, don't you get an attitude? Come on, don't look at me with that tone of face. Don't you get mad like, do you know how many overtime shifts I had to put in? Do you know how much extra I had to put in? Do you know where I had to go dig and find? Reason we was cleaning the house the other night is I was looking for money. Do you? Do you know what I had to do to get all of that? And that's how you're treating what I got? Because my money was an expression of my love. So look what he says. He says, you need to purpose this in your heart that you love him so much that you don't give out of necessity, nor grudgingly. For God loves a what? Come on, let's go to third gear. Next verse. And God is able to make all grace, that means favor, turn toward you or bound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Next verse. And it is written, he is dispersed to the prod, he's given to, uh, uh, to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Come on, verse 10. Now may he who what? And what? Do what for you? Now, 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 watch this, watch this. Look at me, look at me, church, look at me, look at me. He says he gives seed to the sower, which means if he knows you won't sow, then he won't give seed. So he needs you to make it up in your mind. And when I point here, I'm really talking about your mind. He needs you to make it up, because heart in scripture means mind, 99% of the time. He needs you to make it up in your mind that you're going to be a faithful giver. And when you make it up in your mind, he's going to test. So here's what he's going to do. He's going to be like, I'm going to let you slip you a little extra. And what you going to do with it? Are you going to go and take that as my way of saying, go spend it all on a deluxe lunch? Or are you going to follow what I said? What you need is more than 50 bucks. So if that's not your 
uh, enough to meet your need. It's not your harvest. It's your seed. And then he'll test. And then he'll see. But he says, if you do this, what does he promise to do? Make all grace and favor turn toward you. What type of grace? All of it. So means when you go in places, there will be a grace on you. And let me tell you something. And, let me tell, and I believe this. So everywhere I go, everything I do, I believe these words. So everywhere I go, everything I do, you want to know what I do? I walk with that grace that you're going to give me something. I just do. I just do. It's quiet in church. All right, now, I said, say that's the offering. Now, 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 we pay the tithe, we sow the offerings, so the offerings are seed. Bigger seed we sow, bigger harvest we reap. Now, since God is looking for somebody to give seed to, it might as well be you. Might as well be me. Might as well be us. I used this principle uh, years and years ago to get myself out of a very, very, very deep, 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 dark place as it relates to finances. Now, let's look at love offering. I'm talking. Are y'all getting it? I'm going so slow, slow. I want to make sure we get it. Amen, church. Praise him. <laughs> Philippians 4.1. Therefore, my beloved, this is the love offering. Now, we, we started here. Actually, you know what? I want to end there. So let's go to first fruit. Go to first Kings 17. Go to first Kings 17. Y'all all right? Yes, we learning? Yes, so whatever we understand, we can what? Stand under. All right. First fruit. First Kings 17, 13. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as uh, you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. Now, let me give you the background. Elijah, he's the man of God. He's prophet of God. Man of God. Same phrase. He goes to this woman. She's a widow. She has her, her son, some other people in the family that we don't, that don't get named. And she says, Elijah walks up to her and says, woman, what do you have to eat? And she's like, listen, me and my son are about to go make a cake. I'm not even going to, don't even tell them. I'm not feeding them. No, the Bible doesn't even name them. It just, it just says, and some others. <laughs> and don't tell nobody. Me and, me and him are going to eat and then die. That's it. That's what we're about. That's our plan. This is our, this is our five-year plan. It ends in five minutes. That's it. Watch this. She was ready to die because her circumstances were so bad. So then God shows up and says, now I want to see if she'll release what she has. So I'll release what she needs. Do you love what you have or do you watch this love me? Do you love your stuff or do you love your Savior? It's quiet in the church. First Kings 17, 13. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you've said. Make me a small cake from it. Watch this. First and bring it to me. And then you go make some for you and your son. Now, I'm sure she's thinking, I'm sure she's thinking, the region of the world this was in um, was called North Africa until World War II. Now, why are you telling us that, Bishop? Because I could only imagine the variance of responses that this particular woman perhaps had. I'm supposed to make you. I don't even know you. A cake first. And then. Uh, I'm just sure it got really tense for a few moments. Would you agree? Wouldn't you get that way, though? 
I know it's like, Bishop, it's the Bible. You got to have faith. But just think about it. Somebody shows up to your house in the morning with the police knock. And, and when they come to, and you come to the door, you tell them, hey, listen, I got a sandwich. Me and, me and my son, we're going to make this sandwich. We're going to die. Make me mine first. Oh, and by the way, go get me some water, too. And then you and your son eat. I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? But the problem right now is, can I get some real people in the church tonight? You wouldn't be saying, oh, hallelujah, I just thank God for you. You wouldn't be talking in an uh, unknown tongue. Maybe some known tongue. Here it is. I got to wrap this up over time. Look, look, look at this. Verse 14. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the pen of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Verse 15. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household. See those other people? See those other people that didn't even name? And she and he and her household ate for what? Many days. Her plan was to die that day. Her faithful giving made it so that uh, she was able to live for many days. Look at verse 16. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil one drop, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So what did she give him? The first cake. So that's not a tithe. That's a first fruit. She gave the whole of the increase. Got it? And do you see what it did for her? It now gave her something supernatural because I don't care how much flour, how much oil, if it's only so much in the bottle, if it's only so much in the bag, it's only so much in the bag. You ever been cooking? And as you're cooking, you know it's not enough. <laughs> Come on, honest people in church. You already know it's not enough. And I'm getting ready to close. You already know it's not enough. I mean, you're sitting there just, just I mean, you, you got 40 people at the house to cook for. And this much waffle mix. We're just going to make it work, baby. We're going to make it work. Just, no, it's working. God is good. He's faithful. That ain't got nothing to do with what's in the bottle. But a first fruit will take what you have and supernaturally multiply it so that it's doing things it ought not do in ways it ought not do it. Somebody say that's the first fruit. All right, and here's the last thing, the love offering, Philippians 4. Remember where we started? And my God, here we are, Philippians 4. I've got to skip down now. Let's skip down to verse number, uh, skip down to verse number 9. Here it is. Let's go to fifth gear. Verse number nine. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. That you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned that in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I've learned to be both full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So now do you see why he says that verse about I can do all things? Because he was like, I know how to be up and I know how to be down. He said, I don't let that stuff even mess with me. I, I know how to have it all and I have none of it. But, but I'm still me despite whatever physical stuff I may like. Why is it? Any witnesses in here today? And you say, I, I'd have been up, I'd have been down. I, but that stuff, I learned that stuff don't make me. 
Look at verse 14. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now, you Philippians know also that the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, watch it. No church shared with me, read it with me, church, concerning giving and receiving, but what? You only. He said, not all these folk I didn't help. He said, only y'all, talking to the Philippian church, only you all helped me. In what, church? He made it clear. They was giving, he was receiving. Him, not the church. See it? You see that? Shared with what? Shared with what? Come on, talk. With what? Look at verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once uh, and again for my necessities. Verse 17. Not that I seek the gift. He says, I'm not after what you have. Look what he says. But I seek the fruit that abounds to. Indeed, watch what Paul says. I got everything I need. I have all and abound. I'm full and have received from Aphrodite the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma and an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Watch verse 19. And my God. Why does he say my God? Well, what did they do that none of the other people did? They sold into him and gave him a love offering. They sold into Paul that gave Paul the ability to go further and do more. And Paul said, I tell you what, you've been so good to me. He ain't just going to be our God. He's going to treat you the way he treats me, which means, watch, y'all not hear nothing. Paul said, I got everything I need. I don't like for anything because God's been good to me. He said, so let me tell you what your love offering is going to do for you. He said, and my God is going to supply your need. He's going to do it for you the same way he does it for me. And what unlocked it for you, your giving. Did you see it? Did you see it, though? And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He said, nobody else gave to me like you did. Did you read it? Okay, so don't be trying to say, but I don't know. I'm not sure. I just showed it to you. He says, nobody else gave to me like you did. He said, and I'll tell you what, because of that, I'm going to ask my God to supply your need the same way he does mine. Paul had lost everything several times. Paul had been shipwrecked. Paul well, would be shipwrecked later. Paul went through pure the hell. And every time he came out on top. And so the people that sold into him partook on the anointing, on the grace, on the favor that was on his life. So Paul said, listen, you drop me anywhere. Put me in anything. I'm like a spider. Come on, let's close it, church. I'm over time. Let's close it together. You put me anywhere, you put me in any situation, and I'll handle it like a spider. I'll take over and handle it well. Paul said, if I got to do this for a little while, I'll do this, but I'll be the best one at it. If I got to go through for a little while, I'll go through, but I'll be the best one at it. If I got to suffer for a little while, I'll suffer, but I'll be the best one at it. If I got to go through for a little while, I'll go through for a little while, but I'll be the best one at it. You'll see me uh, in glory, but you won't know my story because I'll be handling what I'm going through so well. You won't know I'm suffering anyhow. 
I'll be handling what I'm going through so well, you won't know I'm dealing with a challenge. Why? Paul said, I'm skilled like a spider. And he was telling the Philippian church that when you sow, you're going to access that same grace and that same favor that's on me, and you'll be skilled like a spider. Slap your neighbor, high five, say you're skilled like a spider. You don't work to make a living through your giving. That's how you make your living. And I just think there's some people in here tonight that you're the brokest you ever going to be. You have the lowest level of life you ever going to be. Where are the faith people at in here tonight? You ought to look at somebody and say, this is the lowest I'll ever be. And it ain't that you're doing bad right now, but God's called you to your banner year. And baby, we still got four months left in this year, which means God's not done doing his best work. You've still got some evolution to do. You got to go from the inferior to the superior. Is there anybody in here that you believe that you're evolving, that you believe that you're increasing, that you believe you're the head and not the tail, that you're above and not beneath, always overcoming and never being overcome. Slap your neighbor, high five, say, I'm skilled like a spike. Is there anybody where you believe that God is working all things together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose? Cool. Every now and then I pull it out. So you got the point, right? Well, I think there's somebody that says, if God be for me, who, 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 who can be against me? Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.